got me bike. What was I doing? I obviously thought I could shout loud enough. Yeah. I want to give you a huge welcome if you're here for the first time or if you're watching us for the first time. So come on, church, let's welcome all those that are new. So in the mid-20th century in Bangkok, Thailand, the government wanted to build a large highway through a village. Yet in the path of the planned road was a monastery with a little chapel. So they had to relocate the monastery, including a heavy 18-foot clay statue to another place. Used in a crane, the government workers moved the monastery in sections. When the workers transported the statue to the new location and began to lower it in place, the clay on the statue started to crumble and the clay started to fall off. The people were afraid because this was a precious religious symbol to them and they didn't want it to be destroyed. Yet the more the workers tried to place the statue, the more it fell apart until eventually all the clay was falling off. Suddenly the workers stared in amazement because as the clay fell away, something unexpected was revealed. The statue was pure gold underneath. Before the statue was moved, people thought it was worth about $50,000. Today, that golden statue is worth millions. And because the story behind it, it is visited by hundreds and thousands of people every year. So what's the point of that story? Well, I want us to take hold of this this morning. What we see is not necessarily what is real. I believe many of us are living as clay vessels when in reality we are pure gold. Our lives do not reflect who we truly are or what we can truly be. God looks at our lives and where we see only clay, God sees gold in each one of us. Jeremiah 29 verse 11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. Have you dreamt about what God might do through you? God is the one who has given us the capacity to dream. In fact, God has placed within each person a vision that is designed to give purpose and meaning to your life. The question for all of us is, am I following the plan and dream that God created me to fulfill? That's a big question. But it's one that needs to be answered. If we're going to have peace and fulfillment in our lives, we need to know. Maybe you can relate to that story. Maybe you can relate to this one. I was walking in Sainsbury's. I know you can all relate to that, can't you? Anyway, I was walking in Sainsbury's through the door when I saw this little boy. It was quite a while ago because I don't even think they've got these now. There's this little boy getting onto one of those machines. You know, those machines. I think it was a truck. 
And he climbed in, put his money in the engine, you know, and it roars and it goes back and forth, back and forth. And the little kids feel like they're on the way somewhere, you know, in imaginary land. Many of you have put money in those machines, I'm sure. This little man was so thrilled. He loved it. I did my shopping, probably about 20 to 30 minutes later, or even it could have been an hour later. You know, it depends whether you get sidetracked down the clothes aisle. But anyway, as I came out, I noticed this little boy was still riding on that truck. And his mum said, probably for the 20th time, this is the last ride. As I smiled and walked off, I realised something about that picture that reminded me of how we live. There's a lot of people today that feel like that little boy or maybe feel like that mum. They're riding along in life, spending all their time, all their money, and all their energy, and all their effort trying to get somewhere. But when the day is over, when the ride is over, guess what? You realise you haven't gone anywhere. I felt like God was speaking to me in that moment, and I had this thought. That's how we live today. We work hard, we spend a lot of time, a lot of money, and a lot of effort, but we don't make a lot of progress. God reminded me of this principle, that where you set your focus is where you'll go. And it reminded me of this verse, and it's the only way we'll get to where God desires us to be. Hebrews 12 verse 2 says, Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. God wants us to fix our eyes on Jesus. Our world is filled with people who are busy, but not feeling effective or satisfied. They end up doing so much, spending so much time and energy, but getting little of value, little accomplishment. We need to have our eyes fixed on Jesus. Listen to these statistics of employees in America Nearly 50% of all US workers feel overwhelmed by a growing number of job tasks and longer working hours. 88% of employees say that they have a hard time juggling work and life. Only 48% of workers aged 35 to 44 are satisfied with their jobs, down from nearly 61% in 1995. Older workers, aged between 55 and 64, also express a low level of satisfaction. Only about 48% say that they're satisfied. In all income areas, satisfaction levels have fallen since 1995. These statistics tell us a story. It tells us that a great number of people in our world today are struggling with job and life satisfaction issues. It's very disheartening to work hard and not receive satisfaction and fulfilment from your work. That's right, isn't it? I'm just going to have a drink. No, it's not a cocktail. Dave asked me if it were a cocktail. (laughs) So what about your life? 
What are you using your precious energy on? Are you actively pursuing the dreams and visions that God has placed within you? Many people are very aware that they aren't fulfilling their potential. They dread Mondays and live for the weekends because they hate their work. Their whole life seems centred around the only two days of the week. The two days that they feel that they're not trapped from their work. They look to pursue their own interests and talents in waiting for the weekend. The author wrote this. For many people, weekend free time has become not a chance to escape work, but a chance to create work that is more meaningful. To work at recreation in order to realise the personal satisfaction that workplace no longer offers. I thought that was a profound statement. Many people are just wading through the week so they can work on the things that they love at the weekends. And in those two days, find satisfaction that they need and don't get from their weekly jobs. So what is the answer? The truth is God has it hidden within you. Maybe it looks like that clay statue right now. It might be covered up. But God has hidden within you a great treasure. And that is the key to living a more fulfilled life than you ever imagined possible. If I were to ask you today, why do you exist? How would you answer? Most people can't tell you. They can't explain their purpose in the world. They have no vision for their lives. Do you have a sense of personal purpose? Do you know why you were born? Does your purpose give you a passion for living? Some might ask, do I really need to have an answer for my existence? I'm here to tell you today the answer is yes, absolutely. Life is intended to have meaning. You were not born just for the fun of it. You can know why you exist and you can experience a remarkable life in the light of that knowledge. Life does not have to be aimless, repetitive, because you are not designed to simply ride on a pretend truck and go nowhere. You are meant to be going somewhere, to be headed towards a destination, a great plan that God has already planned for your life. As a Christian, we understand that our ultimate goal is to spend eternity with God. But if that was all that God wanted for us, if God's grand design was for us just to be saved and make heaven our home, don't you think he would have put in place an express delivery system? The reason is because God has a plan for your whole life. God designed us to accomplish his will while we live here on, on planet Earth. God has given to anyone, everyone, divine plans, dreams and visions for our lives. You were born to be distinct. No, I didn't say you were born to stink. You were born to be distinct. God didn't create you to blend in but to stand out as special, as unique. There is no one in the whole world with your personality, your makeup, 
your gifts, your God-given talents, your way of thinking, your abilities. There is no one who can do what God has planned specifically and created you to do. It's his plan for you. Do you know what this plan is? Your individual design. God doesn't want any one person to get lost in the midst of everyone else. There are over six billion people in the world and not one of them has your fingerprints. We can become complacent about this astonishing truth. Yet it's easy to feel lost in the crowd. Some people may consider you to be just another person, but they're wrong. Don't ever allow anyone to cause you to think that you're ordinary. If anyone makes you feel less than you are, just look in the mirror and say, I'm an original. When you go antique shopping, what makes an item very, very expensive? In economics, the value of something is determined about how rare it is. Gold is costly because it's difficult to find. In the same way with oil, it doesn't usually spring up in your backyard. Wish it did at the moment. <laughs> you normally have to dig deep to find it. The truth is, God created you as one of a kind. You were not mass-produced. You were designer-made. Listen to the way that God made you. Your body contains 55,000 miles of blood vessels. Stretched out end-to-end, -end, it would circle the globe twice. Your heart is the size of your fist and weighs as much as a can of beans. In your life, it will probably pump 500 million litres of blood, equal to 18,000 petrol tankers. During the seven hours you sleep, your heart pumps enough to fill 56 bathtubs. There are 35 million glands in your stomach lining producing five pints of gastric juice a day. A piece of your bone, the size of a matchbox, can support nine tons in weight. Your bones are four times stronger than concrete, even though they're basically hollow. If they weren't, you wouldn't be able to move. Even though God made you so intrinsically, he also made you an individual with features that no one else has. Your DNA, your fingerprints, they're unique. He loves you so much and he made you for a unique purpose, a purpose that only you could fulfill. I'm going to quote that verse again, the band verse as it was for a while, Jeremiah 29, 11. I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. The poorest person in the world is a person without a dream. Do you know what created you to be? What created you, what God created you to do in life? God wants us to stir up the dream factor in our lives. 
too often we live thinking that the things that God wants for us, we have to strive for. But it isn't always like that. Sometimes we have obstacles to overcome, but we need to believe. The things that God has called you to do is very often the things that you're good at anyway. But God wants us to have the faith to believe that he can and will use us. We need to stir up dreams within us. We need to make sure that we're always in tune with the Spirit so that he can help us to stir those dreams up. Philippians 4 and verse 6 in the Amplified Bible talks of, Do not fret or have any anxiety about anything, but in every circumstance and in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, continue to make your wants known to God. The most frustrated person in the world is someone who has a dream but doesn't know how to make it happen. Be specific in your request to God. Don't pray vague prayers about your dreams. Keep your dreams alive. Keep them in front of you. It's so easy to get knocked down and let your dreams die. But God has given you dreams for a reason. Don't let them die. Keep them alive. Even if it's only in your own heart for a time, just make sure that you keep those dreams alive. The key to moving out of a life of unfulfilled expectation and moving into your God-given reason for living are this. There are only one way to know what God's vision is for your life. God has to reveal it to you. And this comes through prayer and through a close, personal walk with God. As you commit your life to him, and keep your eyes fixed on him, he promises to reveal his plan to us. Plans to prosper, and not to harm. Plans to give you a hope, and a future. Through prayer, God will stir up what he's already placed within you. He'll give you eyes to see. He will give you a vision that you can can see past your circumstances, past where you find yourself right now, and he'll help you see where he wants to take you. As you follow him, and then once God has shown you his dreams for your life, you firstly have to plan. Once we have dreamed big dreams, we shouldn't just stop there, but we need to plan. Proverbs 16 verse 9 says, We can make our plans but the Lord determines our steps. Stir up your heart to make plans and believe that God will direct them. The challenge, of course, is to watch over your heart. God wants to direct the plans that flow from a good and pure heart. We need to have faith to see the things that God wants for our lives. Here are a few facts about faith. Faith pleases God. It's a whole life thing. Faith isn't something just for a short time, but faith is something that affects your whole life. It is substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things to come. Faith keeps you from sinning. A life of faith is opposite to living a life of flesh and sin. God doesn't want us to live in our own strength. He wants us 
to keep our eyes fixed on him. Faith unlocks the future, the unseen. It moves God into action. If you have the faith to see your life change, when you act on that faith, then the God element kicks in and you see things come to pass. Phil Pringle says this, faith itself is a feeling. Faith is a feeling of absolute confidence. It's David running, laughing to meet the giant. He is fully assured that God is with him. He is not trying to believe or pretend to be bold, hoping that God is with him. Neither is he confessing the word to himself, hoping to build his faith. No, he's fully confident. He feels great. Faith is an attitude you have within you. A feel of undefeatable victory over all your circumstances. It makes you feel on top and not underneath. This is what God wants for us. The dream that he has put in us. He wants us to have faith. To have that feeling. To have that confidence. God wants you to determine your desires and get passionate about them. Psalm 37 and verse 4 says, Take delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Then my second point is look. Expect to see a difference. Stir up your eyes to see. All of us need to look beyond what is right in front of us. What is right in front of our noses. And look to the supernatural. When you are confronted with people in everyday life, what do you see? Life is full of encounters, but are you seeing possibilities and opportunities for God to use you to reconcile people to his goodness? Be sensitive. Be super sensitive to the God whisper. God speaks to us through his word. He speaks to us through preaching. He speaks to us through one another. But there are times when he speaks specifically and intimately to you. Listen for that whisper, that whisper from above. Listen for that voice of God. It shapes and directs our lives more than we realise. Hebrews 11 verse 1 in the Amplified Bible says, Now faith is the assurance, the confirmation, the title deed, of the things we hope for being the proof of things we do not see and the conviction of the reality, faith perceiving as real fact what is not revealed to the senses. See the things that God wants and expect them to happen. When we've done all this, we'll start to see our lives being moulded by God. You'll not win every battle but you will win the war if you stay focused, keeping your eyes fixed on Jesus and faithful to the calling that God has upon your life. It's amazing how a simple act of kindness can have such a powerful impact in reconciling someone to the goodness of God. As a church, we're known for many things, but our desire is that the power of reconciliation will be at the heart of everything that we do. Word definitions are interesting, aren't they? The word passion 
includes intense emotion, interest and enthusiasm. Compassion can be defined as deep sympathy for the suffering of another, accompanied by the desire to relieve it, or the mercy and loving kindness of an amazing God in heaven who didn't stay committed to us just for the fun of it, but he chose to. The word reconciliation is a great word. It means to end conflict or separation and to walk in the new. If we're going to call ourselves followers of God, this message of reconciliation needs to consume us. We need to stir up the passion that leads to compassion, which in turn leads to a spirit of reconciliation. How do we do that? I want to encourage you. Live passionately, follow compassion and look for reconciliation in every every encounter to reconcile people to our God is the greatest thing. You just don't know where it could lead and more often than not, it's the strategy in leading you into the perfect plan that God has for you. Remember to live your lives realising that God has got great things in each and every one of you. You are gold, very often hidden in clay vessels. And God wants to reveal his treasure that he has for each one of you. Never live your life to the lowest common denominator, but live your lives with the confidence of knowing that God has made you unique and you're worth loads to him so much that he sent his only son to die for you even if you'd have been the only person on the planet let me pray Lord I thank you that you have got great plans for each one of us Lord I thank you if we keep our eyes fixed on you then you'll help us and direct us I pray Lord that you'll help us to stay focused help us to keep fixed on you and Lord I pray for each one of us that we'll we'll have that heart of compassion, that heart of reconciliation, that whenever we have encounters, Lord, that we'll, we'll turn people to you. Lord, that we'll always be open to that God whisper leading us and guiding us in Jesus' name.